ABLE accounts. Disclaimer. Information presented in any of the Demand Hour Access podcast episodes on the Demand Hour Access website or otherwise shared in conjunction with or through association with the Demand Hour Access project is expressly not individual, legal, or financial advice. Applying the law and or determining investment strategies depends on the circumstances and events that comprise every situation. Since legal and or financial advice is fact-specific, Nothing about the Demand Hour Access Project can provide an individual, a group of individuals, or any organization legal and or financial advice. ABLE Accounts The Stephen Beck Jr. Achieving a Better Life Experience Act, ABLE Act, allows people with qualifying disabilities to establish tax-free financial accounts. I'm going to answer the questions I had about ABLE accounts when I began researching them in 2018. When I discovered what I am going to share with you, I couldn't wait to create my own ABLE account. I will take the questions in the order I believe makes the most sense. If you have any comments about ABLE accounts, feel free to contact me at jonathan at demandhouraccess.com or fill out the contact form on the Demand Hour Access website. How do ABLE accounts affect Social Security Supplemental Income, SSI? The most important thing about ABLE accounts for recipients of SSI to know is that the amount contained in your ABLE account up to $100,000 is exempt from SSI's $2,000 asset limit. This means that a person on SSI can actually save some money and use ABLE account funds to pay for qualifying expenses without being too concerned about an asset limit. If the beneficiary is getting SSI, they can't have $100,000 in their ABLE account. If the value of an ABLE account reaches $100,000, the cash payments are stopped. As soon as the ABLE account is under $100,000, the beneficiary of the ABLE account can collect SSI payments without having to reapply for them.
If I have an ABLE account, will I lose Medicaid? ABLE accounts, no matter how much they are worth, don't impact Medicaid eligibility. Even if SSI cash payments are suspended, because an ABLE account hit the $100,000 mark, health care covered by Medicaid won't be lost. Will an ABLE account impact SNAP benefits? And for those who don't know, SNAP is what used to be called food stamps. ABLE accounts are excluded from asset limits when someone applies for and or gets SNAP benefits. How are ABLE accounts funded? Anyone can contribute to an ABLE account. Any money contributed to an ABLE account can't be deducted from the contributor's federal taxes. What that means is what ABLE account money is called post-tax. So you are taxed on any money that is contributed to your ABLE account. Anyone who contributes to an ABLE account still pays income taxes on the value of that contribution. Some states do offer tax deductions for at least a portion, if not the entire amount, contributed to an ABLE account during the year. How much can be contributed to an ABLE account? To keep this from getting too technical, I will tell you that generally the annual contribution to an ABLE account is limited to $18,000 for the 2024 calendar year. The amount that can be contributed annually is tied to the exclusion related to the federal gift tax provision. That means it will increase almost every year. The annual contribution limit covers every dollar contributed to the ABLE account during the year. So, if you contribute $10,000 of your own money and your mother contributes $8,000, your account will reach its annual $18,000 contribution limit for this year. There is an exception to the annual contribution limit for those people who do not have retirement plans through their work. Since that's not a typical situation, I'm not covering it here. But you should be aware of the fact that if you do not have a retirement plan through work, you could contribute more to your ABLE account than the typical contribution limit. How can funds withdrawn from ABLE accounts be spent? 
Any funds withdrawn from an ABLE account must be spent on a qualified disability expense, QDE. Qualified disability expenses can be broken down into 12 broad categories. Education, housing, transportation, employment, training, and support, assistive technology and related services, health, prevention and wellness, financial management and administrative services, legal fees, expenses for ABLE account oversight and monitoring, funeral and burial, basic living expenses, housing expenses, housing related expenses that count as qualified disability expenses are broken down into nine broad categories. Mortgage payments including insurance required by the mortgage holder, property taxes, rent, heating fuel, gas, electricity, water, sewer, garbage removal. If a withdrawal from an ABLE account is used to pay rent, the money withdrawn from the ABLE account must be paid toward rent in the month it was withdrawn from the account. Now, I want to just cover this to make sure everybody understands. These 12 categories are in the law, the examples of housing utilities and things you can pay with your ABLE account money. That's all in the law. Maybe I shouldn't say this, but as a practical matter, um, I don't know if anyone's ever been audited as to how they're really spending the money. And the reason is that the categories are so broad that you can really put anything you want and pretty much. I mean, you can't take a trip to gamble and fund that with your ABLE account money. You know, um, you probably can't take uh, a European vacation with your ABLE account money. But most things that you'll want to do, like paying your utilities, any kind of education you might have if you want to buy a new screen reader or a braille display, um, anything like that will pass and will be covered. But again, I'm not aware of this ever being checked. I'm not saying it hasn't happened. I'm just saying I haven't heard of it. Are funds withdrawn from an ABLE account taxed? As long as money withdrawn from an ABLE account is spent on a qualified disability expense, the withdrawn money passes to the beneficiary of the ABLE account free of federal income tax. Funds withdrawn from an ABLE account may be subjected to state income taxes. Obviously, that depends on your state. So I want to make sure everybody understands this because this 
is really what makes ABLE accounts an incredible investment vehicle for people with disabilities. So let's say you put in $5,000 into your ABLE account and you picked an investment strategy, a plan, um, that over the year gave you $3,000 in income. So you had $8,000 in your ABLE account after a year. And you decided now I'm going to go out and I'm going to buy myself uh, uh, a new updated screen reader and I'm going to spend $1,000 on that. Um, and I'm going to pay back um, some student loans I have for another uh, $4,000. Um, and you, you know, maybe I'm going to spend another thousand on uh, some things to fix up my house. So now you've spent six of your eight thousand dollars. All of those are covered as qualified disability expenses. But here's the thing: the three thousand dollars that you made from your able account by investing it in a strategy that worked comes to you tax-free. So you can take it out. You can take that profit out and help fund your screen reader, your uh, loan payments, your projects around the house, and you don't have to pay. That's $3,000 you got tax-free. How often can funds be withdrawn from an ABLE account? The frequency with which funds can be withdrawn from an ABLE account in any fees associated with withdrawing money from an ABLE account depend on the ABLE plan you choose. Is there a limit on amount of money that can be put in each ABLE account? The amount of money you can have in an ABLE account depends on the plan you choose. As of this writing, the amount you can have in an ABLE account mostly ranges from $200,000 to $500,000. Um, I've seen a lot of them are around four hundred dollars to 450000 Remember, if the beneficiary of the account is getting SSI, their cash payments are suspended once their ABLE account reaches $100,000 in value. What happens if an ABLE account reaches its value limit? When an ABLE account hits its limit, the account remains active. The amount in the account can continue growing. However, the account will no longer accept contributions. So let's say your limit was $400,000 and somehow you did really well and you hit that limit. Until you spent some of that money down on qualified disability expenses, you couldn't put any more in. But let's say you had your 400000 and over the next six months the value went up to 410000 because your investment strategy was returning a profit. 
the 410,000, you can still have the, that money in there because it's not a contribution. It's money being earned by the investment. So when you hit the limit, the only thing you lose is the ability to personally contribute more or to have anyone else contribute for you. How does the value of an ABLE account increase? And I've kind of been alluding at this, but if you want to grow the value of an ABLE account beyond the amount of money contributed to it, plus any interest, you can choose from a menu of investment options. Depending on your risk tolerance, you can invest in a portfolio that is largely stocks or mostly bonds. The higher the percentage of stocks in your portfolio, the greater the growth potential. How often can I change my investment strategy? You can change your investment strategy twice during each calendar year. How is eligibility for an ABLE account determined? Before explaining the eligibility process, I want to make one thing perfectly clear. You do not need to prove disability status before opening an ABLE account. This is largely an honor system thing. During the account creation process, you will be asked to answer questions designed to demonstrate that the beneficiary of the account was disabled prior to their 26th birthday. Uh, I don't honestly know that's a very random age that was chosen. There have been and are efforts underway in Congress to raise the age or eliminate it, but this is what we have today. You will not need to provide any documentation, so you don't need to prove to open your account that you did have a qualifying disability prior to your 26th birthday. Eligibility to establish an ABLE account has two parts. The disability must have been present prior to your beneficiary's 26th birthday, and the account beneficiary must have a qualifying disability. The disability doesn't have to be diagnosed before the account beneficiary's 26th birthday nor does the account need to be open before the beneficiary's 26th birthday. And that's true because I opened mine in my 40s. <laughs> as long as it can be proven that the beneficiary of the ABLE account was disabled before their 26th birthday, the age requirement is satisfied. There are several ways to establish the existence of a qualifying disability. The beneficiary must be eligible for SSI based on blindness or disability. 
entitled to social security disability benefits, childhood disability benefits, or disabled widow widower benefits, or if disability is certified in writing by a medical professional. And again, I'm not aware of anybody really being questioned about this, but don't play games with it if you're really not a qualified person with a disability before the age um, of 26, because if somehow you do get caught, uh, there will be real problems for you. Who can open an ABLE account? In addition to a qualifying person with a disability, a parent, legal guardian, or someone with a power of attorney for a person with a qualifying disability can open an ABLE account. What if the beneficiary can't make their own decisions? When a person with a qualifying disability can't make their own decisions, a parent, legal guardian, or someone with a power of attorney can have signature authority over the ABLE account. The person with signature authority over the account can determine how the money should be invested, how often to change the investment strategy, and more. Who offers ABLE plans? Every state has been granted the authority to create an ABLE program. As of this writing, just about every state offers ABLE programs but many of them are pretty similar and are managed by the same few banks. What if my state doesn't offer an ABLE plan? Many of the states with ABLE programs allow people living in other states to open ABLE accounts. And this is true. For example, I live in Oregon now. And I lived in Oregon when I opened my ABLE account. But after researching the plans, I chose to use the Massachusetts ABLE plan because it had more investment uh, possibilities. Um, it had, uh, it's done through Fidelity, uh, the Fidelity company and um, their app and online platform were really accessible. And so it gave me more flexibility and accessibility. Um, so I went with the Massachusetts plan, not the Oregon plan. If your state doesn't offer an ABLE program, you can find a plan that meets your needs and is offered by a state that doesn't restrict membership to its uh, citizens. What should I consider when comparing ABLE plans? The answer to this question depends on your personal circumstances. If the goal of the ABLE account is to save for something down the road, like buying a home, that is years away. You may want a plan that allows 
you to have more money in an ABLE account. If you are interested in using the ABLE account to grow your investment, you may want to consider the number and variety of investment options offered by the individual state plans. How can I learn more about ABLE accounts? The ABLE National Resource Center is a great place to learn more about ABLE accounts. On their website, you can review the ABLE programs offered by the different states, compare up to three state programs simultaneously, access webinars about different aspects of the ABLE program, and more. The Social Security Administration has an informative page dedicated to the ABLE program. One of the real benefits of the Social Security page is that it uses examples to help teach what is involved with ABLE accounts. Conclusion ABLE accounts are a great tool in the financial planning toolbox for people with disabilities. Even if you currently have very few assets, an ABLE account will enable you to save and potentially grow your assets without constantly worrying if the amount of money you have will impact your SSI, Medicaid, or SNAP benefits. While the process of opening an ABLE account may seem difficult, I truly believe every person with a disability should seriously consider opening an ABLE account and putting some money in it. If you know nothing about investing, choose a plan that simply allows you to use your ABLE account like a savings account. In that way, you aren't taking any risk with your money, but you are saving free of the worry of how holding the money will impact government benefits. So that's what I have on ABLE accounts. Thank you for listening and I will be back in two weeks with another episode.